my name is Danielle from Flax Fox and you're listening to Best of Belfast. What is the crack? It's Matthew here with the Best of Belfast podcast, episode number three. On today's show, we have Danielle Morgan, the artist, businesswoman, St. George's market trader and mother behind Flax Fox. Chances are you already own some Flax Fox products or have seen some of Danielle's commissioned work around the country. Danielle has an incredible story to tell and I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy it. As always, you can find a written version of this story along with links and photos of what we end up talking about today over at Best of Belfast. Org. We also just had our first ever meetup and it was absolutely awesome. I want to give a big thank you to everybody who showed up and we already have planned our next one for September and you can find all that information out on the website as well. Okay guys, that's it. It's time to get into today's show and I hope you guys really enjoy it. So, Danielle, the question we always like to start off with on the show is, if you were to walk into an elevator and Liam Neeson was standing there, how would you introduce yourself? What would your elevator pitch be? Such a tricky question and not really one that I've thought about before. But I suppose whether it's Liam Neeson or someone I meet at St. George's Market, I'm always the same. Just would introduce myself as, hi, my name's Danielle. I'm a local artist from Belfast and I like to draw pictures of buildings. Um, I like to draw the beautiful place that we live in, in Belfast in Northern Ireland. And basically, I'm very, very lucky enough to be able to sell these images across Belfast and Northern Ireland. What type of products does Flaxbox sell or what are some of your signature designs or what are you most well known for on the market? I've been often referred to as the Teetal Lady. And, you know, again, it was never a product that I thought would be more or less what my career is based on. But I I love Teetals I, because they're practical. They have many uses, but they can also be beautiful. Give us an idea. What type of things are actually on these Teetals and your other products? So, um, famous landmarks around Northern Ireland. I would say my top three designs that I would have on my Teetals would be the Giant's Causeway and Carrickaree, which is the North Coast. And then I have a Teetal called uh, Cycling Through Belfast City IC. And here it's a collection of famous landmarks. Um, across the Cathedral Quarter, across the Titanic Quarter, across Queens. And it's a skyline of buildings with two little bikes because I'm often on my bike and I would sketch a lot of doodles from life. So it was basically a collection of doodles that I've put together. Um, and yeah, this seems to be a really, really popular image for Belfast. But if I'm completely honest, I do so much commission work. I do designs that not everybody sees all the time. 
because I'm producing artwork for other shops that they own the design. I don't own it anymore. So um, there's quite a lot of my work that you wouldn't see on the Flex Fox website, but they would be pretty popular. For example, Hillsborough Castle and the Historic Royal Palaces now own that design. Is there a highlight you have from your Flax Fox journey? I did have the opportunity of meeting the Queen in 2014, again at St George's Market. So this was an unexpected event that happened uh, that for a start, it was never something that I set out to do. I was one of 10 traders. So it was a bit of potluck whether I was going to get the Queen or Prince Philip. Um, it's hard to I don't mean to say luckily I met the Queen but let's face it everybody you'd rather meet the Queen <laughs> um, and I managed to have a couple of seconds of a conversation with her to experience that media frenzy you can actually see the photos on Facebook if you scroll through my photo feed you go back to June 2014 you can see uh, me with the Queen and two tea towels were purchased for the Queen uh, the Georgian Doors and Queen's University. Everyone asks, yeah, but the Queen doesn't carry money. So how did she purchase two tea towels? Well, it was her lady-in-waiting that swooped in after her and purchased the tea towels for her. From that, that was an amazing experience. And from that, I also was commissioned by the historic royal palaces to do a design for their new gift shop which will be opening up in 2019. So that one event snowballed into lots of other jobs which really did kind of bring me up a notch to where I was in 2014. That's awesome. So how on earth did you start selling artistic pieces off Belfast? Is that something you've always done? Is that something you wanted to do? Tell us a bit more about that. I have always loved to draw. I've always loved to make things. I suppose just as a child, I was always very creative. Going through school, you could say I was a bit of a daydreamer. Always kind of in my own little world. I always did quite well at school, but I would say my passion and my interest and my focus was always in something creative. I would describe myself as being a very visual person. Um, I'm very taken by colour, by textures, by pattern. But if I'm completely honest, I never knew that that could be a career path. So when you say, um, is it always something that you wanted to do? Did you always want to be an artist? Well, I never knew that was a possibility. I just knew that what I was intrigued by. I have early memories of being with my granny and she would always give me just just simple pen and paper. Um, And so making up stories, making up pictures, my most favourite kind of memorable times in school would be project base works. So if you're working on Medusa or you're working on the Vikings, it would I would spend hours just scribbling and putting these collages together. And that's what I remember about school. Um, and then whenever I went into secondary school as well, when I was told that I had a full hour of art a week, I just thought that this was the best thing. And I looked forward to that art class every single week. And it's something that I kind of even recognise in students now, where for careers guidance and stuff, you can't really blame anyone, but you just have to kind of figure it out yourself. So I just never expected that what I really, really enjoyed to do and what came naturally to me, that I could make a living from it. 
it's been a series of events from school to going to university to a lot of bad jobs to a lot of good jobs to then thinking okay right I'm seeing a few opportunities here which evolved into me having my own business cool so tell us a wee bit more about that series of events what were the dominoes that led to the flax fox we see today so during a level art between I had three a levels I had business studies I had art and I had English and there were three subjects that I really really loved and I was very interested in but my art projects dominated everything so that's where I spent the most time and I ended up spending so much time in the art room that all the other subjects suffered so I came out with my A in art and the other ones well I got a D in English and a U in my business studies because I basically walked out of my exam because I wasn't prepared enough so then everybody, the art teacher, everybody just assumed that I would be going to art college. But it was actually my mum and dad, maybe listening to other parents and listening to other people say, well, what is she going to do? There's only two options. You can either be an art teacher or an artist. They were the only two possibilities. And my dad just thought, well, that's, that's just ridiculous. So he suggested that I go to university give it a go for a year and if I really didn't like it well I can always apply again to our college which kind of was a sensible sort of suggestion. When I got to university I just absolutely loved it because it's a whole new world. So although I didn't go down the traditional art path I didn't go to art college so I haven't been trained at this life experience of meeting new people from different countries, from different places. I got to travel. And I also learned that sometimes you have to do work that you really do. But you know what? You do it, you get it done and you move on. I think we actually can learn so much from what you don't want to do as opposed to what you do want to do. Um, So had a great time at university, met all my best friends. Um, but after university, the big looming question was, what are you going to do now? And I don't know whether a lot of other people ever feel like that, or maybe some people are going through that at the minute, where you are going down a particular path just because you have no idea what the other path might be. Um, so I got to the end of university, got my degree, and I decided, well, I'm, I'm not going to go home. I'm, I'm going to stay where I am and I'm going to do a course. So I seen this sign for Limavati Foundation Art Course, something that you would do before you would even go to university. And I said, okay, right, I'll do that. I'll do that because I'll get back to doing a little bit of art and that'll save me a little bit of time before I have to announce to my parents and everyone else what I was going to do with my life. And I have to say in that one year at Limavati, I worked harder and I dedicated all my time and all my efforts and I got a first. That one year of foundation than I did in my whole four years of university. That was a huge indication for me. Okay, Danielle, creativity is really important to you. Then there's the financial side. I'd already had a loan. I, I did get accepted into um, Dublin NCAD to do textiles. I just couldn't afford to live in Dublin and do another degree for three years. So 
got the Belfast Telegraph out, started looking at the classified, the job section, and just frantically looking for something, anything, a few keywords, something that had, that would interest me. And there it was, there was a job application for a pattern room assistant in a company called Douglas and Graham. And Douglas and Graham have a couple of different um, brands. One would be Remus Umo, the other one would be Douglas the Brand. And I just decided, okay, right, well, this is a fashion company in Northern Ireland. I'd never heard of this before. And I applied for the job and I eventually got it. This is where I learnt the business side of a creative industry and where I also learned that within any creative industry, it's probably 80% business. So I stayed there for four years and learned many, 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 many things. Began with a salary of 10,000 a year, but I was just grateful for, for earning anything and started off basically holding the equivalent of rolls of carpet. Basically, I would put them over my shoulder and climb maybe five or six flights of stairs to bring it up into the design room. And I would watch all these designers traveling back and forth from Paris to Istanbul to all the cloth shows and where they would be selecting the cloths and the fabric, bringing them back and then seeing how the whole design process worked. So it was basically, I was basically a, a gopher or, you know, anybody wanted anything that's what I did and I very quickly climbed the ladder by putting my hand up and volunteering to do hours in the shop getting involved in merchandising um, and I just approached the director one day and I said I would like to go to Paris I want to go where the designers are going because I could see that some of the fashion design students were allowed to go and I thought, well, I can do that. And so I started dipping my toe in the water of getting involved in the design process and just not being afraid to say, I want to do that. So I made my way up into the system buyer for uh, the men's, it was the men's jackets and the men's coat department. And I have to say that is where I learned all my business experience with regards to wholesaling, with regards to manufacturing. And I could see the value in taking a creative idea or a creative um, project and scaling it. So do you think maybe, you don't necessarily have to answer this, but do you think too many artists go straight to art college? This is a really important topic and one that I feel really passionately about because I don't think there's one rule for everyone but the advice I would give to students and to their parents because let's face it a lot of the decisions are influenced by their parents you have to ask yourself the question could I do this every day all day could I dedicate all my time does this mean more to me than anything else that I want to do for me art that, that ticks all the boxes for me and even when I feel like I really am so tired and I really it's exhausting it's mentally exhausting it's the one thing that makes me get up the next day and just say that I have to do it. so 
to go to art college, I think for a long time I thought I missed out because I would judge myself against people who were properly trained and I would quite often, and this doesn't go away, um, you feel insecure and you feel self-critical and you're comparing quite a lot. But then I have to remember that this is what I want to do and that overrides everything else. So to go to art college wouldn't necessarily be um, the be all and end all. I think what you have to do is learn what you can while you're there, but also constantly think in the back of your mind, well, when I leave, what am I going to be doing? So in the meantime, can I market myself um, through Etsy or through, you have to think, do you want to be a self-employed artist or do you want to work for a company, say in the digital field or the marketing field? Because let me tell you, there are so many creative jobs, so much more than you can imagine. So really think about that if you do take the art college route. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world. So how does Flax Fox come into all of this? How did that journey start? Or at what point did you say, okay, I'm ready to take that jump and start something myself? I was very lucky that I was able to start Flax Fox with someone and not many people probably have that opportunity. So I was able to match up with, she was a, she, she's part of the family, but she's an established artist already. So her name is Bridget Farmer and she is an artist who lives in Australia. I'll give a little tiny bit of the backstory. Um, the shortened version is me and my partner traveled to Australia with our three-year-old son because we left our jobs and didn't know what we wanted to do with our lives. And it was in Australia, staying with Bridget in Melbourne, that I could see how all these artists were making their livings from having a market stall and selling online via Etsy. Now, Bridget was able to buy her laptop. She was able to travel home. She was her own boss by making brooches, by making prints and by basically living a creative life. So that really opened my eyes. Bridget was coming home to Belfast for two years. So when she was back in Belfast, we both put our heads together and thought, okay, I've got the business element and she's got the fine art element. So we were able to marry our skills together and we started Flax Fox. One of the most common questions I get asked all the time is, where did you get the name from? Flax Fox, where did you come up with that? Well, basically that was a play of words. That was two creative heads sitting down and going, okay, you know, what do we want to do? We wanted to make tea towels. We wanted to make um, beautiful souvenir gifts and ones that we couldn't really see on the market. A lot of, like Carol's has um, that sort of souvenir market sewn up for a particular customer. If you want something that has a leprechaun or a shamrock on it, well, you're going to get it in Carol's. But we thought, okay, we're just been living in Australia. We have traveled to Australia. We've seen all these beautiful creative products that can be made. Well, why can't we apply that to Northern Ireland? Why can't we apply that to Belfast? Another thing I noticed was the tour tourism industry was really starting to grow. St. George's Market was really starting to pay attention to this tourism boom that was starting to trickle in. 
And so I thought, okay, right, this is an opportunity here. So we managed to have a Sunday spot at St. George's. Now we're talking at this stage, there was only maybe, I would say a couple hundred people just meandering through the market. Um, Six, seven years later, we have thousands of tourists coming to the market every single weekend and Sunday is one of the busiest days. So I more or less tapped into that growing market and managed to marry the creative skills with the business skills to sustain a viable business. So how did you transition from just selling on a Sunday at St. George's Market to being one of the main stalls at the market? Good question. Um, A lot of hard work. Again, drawing from my experience working at Douglas and Graham and knowing how to work with wholesale and retailers. I knew that if I could make multiples of one beautiful design, that it would be cost effective for, for a shop owner to buy the product and then it would be a competitive price point for a customer to buy. So it's a little bit kind of meeting in the middle from fine art to retail. And I think now we're seeing so many more people doing exactly the same thing, which is absolutely brilliant for Belfast and Northern Ireland. But the thing about it was knowing how to speak a retailer's language. So from having that experience at Douglas and Graham, um, I knew you have to almost take your artist hat off and put your commercial business head on. What they want to know is, do you think this is going to sell? For a start, a tea towel. At the end, six years ago, it was £10. Who is going to buy a tea towel at £10? I often got a response, your products are far too upmarket for our customers. And I says, well, I actually disagree with that because I'm selling my tea towels to your customers at the market. I pitched it to them that if they would take a few small designs just to prove that these designs would sell, well, it's kind of a win-win situation. You don't have to commit to buying all these products, but just to see if it works. And so they did. And this particular customer has been one of my best customers for the past seven years. And year by year by year, um, their sales increase. Brilliant. So you talked a little bit about how you started to get your products in shops outside of the market. I'd love to know what type of strategies do you have for artists who want to get their products on the shelf? Where should they go to? Where's the first few places they should check out? And even from a wholesaler's perspective or shop owner, how can you minimize the risk involved in taking a chance on a new artist? Really good question. Um, When I started selling my products to wholesalers, you just get a good fact. You're getting feedback. If you if you manage to to get one customer, and things start to sell well, well, you kind of know. Okay, this is working, and this is not working. So you kind of go you kind of go by trial and error, really. Now, what happened with me was I managed to secure funding from Invest and I to go to Showcase Ireland, which anybody can do. 
anybody can, you know, you will get help from Invest NI if you want to attend a trade show outside of Northern Ireland. So um, from gathering a few retailers to go into a trade show, which was a huge jump in one year, it was in 2013. Um, and I gathered maybe another 15 retailers in that one year. So I knew I was onto something. And again, it's just trial and error. My advice for, um, say, an artist or a designer, you don't always have to go down the trade show route. But I would definitely have a conversation with a retailer, even as a little baby step before um, getting, or maybe even if, you, if you're too nervous to even pitch yourself to a retailer it's just good to have a conversation to get their feedback go and have a look and see what's already selling in the shops now um to get a good idea but my my advice is definitely don't copy you you need to have your own style and your own signature look if you're going to you're going to sustain and have longevity in business but definitely go and have a look and see what's happening and if you can some of the retailers are more than happy to um, have a conversation with you because they're always looking for something new so you might surprise yourself and start small you could start with a greeting card a little small greeting card shop owners are generally you know they're quite open to trying new things if it doesn't cost them much (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the key isn't it yeah you mentioned you do a lot of commissioned work is there a place in belfast that you would just absolutely love to sketch next there are so many buildings, especially the old buildings all around Smithfield Market. I am just fascinated. Royal Avenue, um, all those buildings are absolutely beautiful. I couldn't pinpoint one in particular, but probably probably a collage of these beautiful old buildings that have lots of you know, gorgeous windows and detailed doorways but I'd like to make them into contemporary design. I think that would be an interesting piece. My problem is I am constantly, constantly inspired with Belfast and Northern Ireland. I actually can't keep up with my own head. And that's probably um, maybe something that a lot of artists and creators suffer from. I generate so many ideas and have so much passion for where I live that I I honestly can't keep up with them all. But I've got a very long list, a very long list of coastal designs, um, more Belfast city designs. Um, But basically, I'm I'm actually really, really so happy that businesses do approach me to design products and ranges for them. So, you know, any client who wants to work with me I'm there 100% involved in the project. Thing about Belfast, is there a particular place or thing that you just say, I love this and I think this totally encapsulates what Belfast is? St George's Market, all the way. So in the market, you've got the fishmongers, you've got the butchers, you've got the fruit and veg guy, you've got all these colourful characters and I just think St George's Market sums up our city as a whole. It is full of wit. We're actually a really nice bunch of people and very, very helpful. And we have the luxury of being in an indoor market 
every single day of the year in a, in a historic building. So St George's Market to me is probably, it's my favourite place in Belfast. That's great. Lucky you get to work in your favourite place every single week. Exactly. And long may it continue. Danielle, you're an artist. You're effectively a tradeswoman every single week at the market. You're a small business owner. You have an online brand. How on earth do you find the time to balance family life in that? What has that journey been like? So when myself and my partner Ben, we bought our house, we built a studio at the bottom of the garden and we're able to allocate our work time in the studio. So between Ben and I, we've had to become as organised as possible. I I have to remember, I'm an artist. I'm naturally quite scatty, but with having children, I've learned that I have to be a lot more organised. So um, our eldest son, Noah, is at school, normally Monday to Friday. Um, we have a two-year-old, Arlo, who is in creche on a Thursday and a Friday. So in between those times, we I basically have to do a week's work in two days. So being organised is a little bit of a touchy subject for me because in my head I think I am organised, but maybe to the people around me, not so much. Just very briefly, walk us through a bit of your process. Do you draw everything on paper or do you sometimes draw digitally? What does your creative process look like? I am really old school. I doodle and sketch and paint on scraps of paper. I have to work on paper initially just to get some sort of structure um, in my head. I do refer to photographs quite a lot. If possible, if, if it's local, I will go there and take my own photos and sketch from life. But that doesn't always necessarily work out that way, especially if you're doing commission work for for people in England or, you know, that, that aren't they're not close to you um so I would work I would have to refer quite a lot to imagery and photographs online but between that and painting and screen printing and collaging I marry the two so with all my original artwork I would scan everything into the computer and then I would work on photoshop and illustrator because if I'm designing a commercial product there'll be a printer in a completely different place and maybe in a different country who has to print my designs. So I've learned to to basically translate my original artwork into a digital format. For my original artwork, that is all screen printed by me in the studio. For my watercolour pieces, that is all hand painted by me in my studio. But my commercial products like tea towels, bags, fine bone china mugs, gift boxes. I would work with printers who would print for me. What are you most looking forward to in the future? How do you see the future of Flax Fox or is there anything coming up that you're really excited about? What's the future look like for you? So an area in my business that has really grown in the past couple of years has been commission work for other businesses. So what I've learned from dealing with my own customers, I can translate that into other jobs for retailers. So I understand what their customers is looking for. I understand that you have to work 
to a certain time frame, to a certain budget. Um, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting quicker. Um, I'm also learning a lot more skills, especially Photoshop and Illustrator. Um, all these sorts of the, the digital world basically is becoming a lot more important. So the commission work is an area that is growing a lot quicker than any other area of my business. It also allows me to work from my studio as opposed to always being on the market stall. I absolutely love being on the market stall because I love connecting with my customers and it's so it's invaluable. But the area that's growing a lot is the commission work. So what I see for Flax Fox would be I would absolutely love to grow my team. I'd love to work with a graphic designer and I would love to work with someone who can digitalize my artwork. There's not enough hours in the day for me to do everything and I would love to start working with some talented people who can make my ideas and make my visual imagery and commercial products. One final question. If you could take the Danielle who was going to Limavati to study again, if you could take her out for coffee, what would you say to her? What type of advice would you tell her after all the journey that you've been on? That is such a good question because I feel like I still need to have a chat with that Danielle all those years ago because that little person, she's still there quite a lot. I think one of the main things would to is to have trust in yourself and to know that you can do it. And just through experience, you realise a day at a time and to stop putting so much pressure on yourself. I think there's a lot of people as well, this is a pretty similar experience where you would compare yourself to already successful people. So you feel like you're constantly failing, you feel like you're not good enough or you feel like your work is going to be judged and criticised. There are so many things that you can tell yourself that will make you not do something. But by just doing it, and it doesn't have to be perfect, it doesn't have to be amazing, but just by doing it, whatever that may be, that slowly builds up your confidence. And it's the only thing that that sets you apart from everyone else. It's the fact that you do it, whereas maybe a lot of other people don't. And it's only every now and again, if I'm having a conversation with another person or they're asking me questions and you actually say what you've done out loud, then say to yourself, that's, you're, you're, you're doing okay. You're, you're doing all right and you're still here. You're still growing. And so along the way, you just learn to be disciplined and to get over yourself sometimes because that negative voice is always going to be there. But basically, you just need to silence it and just get on with it. How can our listeners get in touch with you? How can they connect with you? Is there somewhere online or even at the market? What's the best way to to find out more about you? So my stall would be at St. George's Market every Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I'm there personally every Saturday but I would have staff on the stall the other days. Alternatively, you can get me via email um, seven days a week. Um, Social media on Instagram and Facebook would be my two main areas. What's your Instagram username? Flax Fox. 
and that's F-L-A-X-F-O-X. Bit of a tongue twister, but if you're typing it in, it's pretty simple. You can also get me online at my website, which is www.flaxfox.com. And it has a full range of products, um, which I try and update as much as I can. Awesome. And you actually have a Best of Belfast gift set, don't you? What all is included in that? So, yes, that is a bespoke printed box, which I designed so it could house two large fine bone china mugs and a linen tea towel, which could be posted anywhere in the world really safely. Uh, especially coming up to Christmas time um, I would get a lot of requests for mugs and a lot of requests for a gift box but the trouble was making sure that it was always secure and you know that it was going to arrive safely so yeah I designed um, a gift box uh, that houses these fine china mugs with the linen tea towel and it's it's a lovely it's a lovely set and something that's a perfect gift for someone who maybe doesn't live here anymore or who has a connection with Belfast and Northern Ireland and would really appreciate a little piece of home when they're away from home. Brilliant, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. All right, folks, just a few more things before the end of today's show. Firstly, thanks so much again to Danielle for sharing her story with us. And Danielle has also very kindly offered a 10% discount to all of our listeners. All you have to do is use the promo code Best of Belfast at the checkout on her website or tell her in person at St. George's Market that we sent you. Don't forget to also follow her on Instagram at FlaxFox. Now, I know most of you guys listen to the show while you commute go out for a run, cut the grass, etc. So that's why all the details from today's show, as always, over at bestofbelfast.org if you want to check up on anything later on. Just want to keep it handy for you. If you haven't already, don't forget to sign up for our email updates so you can stay in the loop about everything that's going on, including future meetups. Today's intro and outro is from the awesome Belfast-based band Wanderers with their song, Light It Up. I've been singing it all the time now that I've used it in the podcast. It's so catchy. Be sure to check them out on Spotify or you can also catch them over on Instagram at WanderersNI. And with that, we've reached the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Matthew and until next time, all the best. Light it up, light it up